All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. Everybody, what's going on? It's the Infinite Fringe right here on Aftermath Media on Apple Podcast. Um, you know the deal. You know where you can find it. Anyhow, my name is Billy Ray Valentine, Billy the Kid, and uh, we're back for yet another one. And this one is exciting. I'm happy about this. I'm very excited about it because um, I was talking to my guest off the air uh, right before we went on air, and um, I shot her a tweet because she tweeted something out. Feels like it was months ago. <laughs> and I was like, I want to talk about that. And uh, she was gracious enough to say, yeah, you know, we can talk about it, but we can talk about it in March. And I think it was in January that I, I reached out and I'm like, oh man, I have no idea if I'm even going to be able to keep this appointment, but it worked out. Thank the Lord. But, um, you know, you know me guys, you know me, of course, I forgot exactly what the hell I wanted to talk to her about. The tweet disappeared. It's over. But anyway, Incredibly interesting guest, Monica Perez from the Propaganda Report is joining us here, making her maiden voyage through the murky waters of the Infinite Fringe. Ladies and gentlemen, Monica, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. What's going on? Thank you so much. I'm sorry I kept you waiting. <laughs> well, good things come to those who wait is what they say, don't they, Monica? Yes, they do. <laughs> well, I'll try to make it good. Oh, no, it's, it's, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. Listen, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell, tell the people uh, what you do, who you are, and why you ended up here in the Infinite Fringe of all places. You could have been anywhere else, but you ended up here. That says something about you. I don't know if it's good or bad, okay? <laughs> you got a point there. Come on, tell me something. Well, I, I had a terrestrial radio show kind of by accident. I sat next to a radio broadcaster at a wedding, and she just thought that my ideas, which are more common now, but anarcho-capitalism was just fascinating. She wanted to hear it on the radio. They're always looking for something different. And I can literally talk for an hour without stopping. So she felt that alone qualified me. And I was on the air for a long time, eight and a half years. And wow. I didn't know anything about broadcasting. I've been a banker. I'm a mom. And I, so it was a call-in show, made me super nervous all the time to have to answer questions and people would read a lot. And I hated reading the newspaper. And what happened over time was as I would prepare for those questions on the air for people to talk about this wealth of news knowledge that they have from listening to the radio all the time, I would have to double my homework and really dig in and make sure I had all the answers. And through that process, I discovered that the mainstream media is not just full of lies, but it's full of these stories that are not connected with the evidence. And my first real clue of this, it's almost funny how naive I was, is when I saw something I knew wasn't right 
And the next day I looked for a retraction in that newspaper. I mean, could you imagine? <laughs> I was like, that, that guy didn't go there. That guy worked for the CIA. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, it never, it never showed up. So that's when I started to realize, and it was only through that process that I like revisited 9-11 and all mm. that. I was not, I used to say on the air, like, stop, stop. 9-11 was an inside job. Like, mm. that's ridiculous. Americans would never do that. How could you think that? And then I realized presidents have called drafts. They call drafts on wars that nobody wants to fight. So they yeah. do that kind of thing all the time. Mm -hmm. And we just didn't. And then I only realized it after I started just making sure I dotted all my eyes for my stories on the air. And then, but for eight and a half years, I had this great program director. Let me say whatever I wanted. And then uh, I kind of got comfortable with that without realizing I probably should have thought twice because there was a new owner. And uh, I, my last show is about a year ago, my last show on the air. And I basically hit like anything I wanted, 9-11, MH370, which I thought was fake. And then event 201, I was like, oh, this isn't going to be two weeks. This is going to be like 18 months. So buckle up. And this is where the CDC is, was in Atlanta. And basically that next weekend was my good boss's last day at work. And he was like, uh, <laughs> can I hold the door for you? <laughs> so, so off I was. And then, but it was actually a blessing because now I do a daily show, which they had basically been grooming me for. And I had all that, that like professional help. And we just took it, my producer there and I are now co-hosts of a daily show, the Drive Time News Blast, where we just, I do the same thing. I read all the news, read all the news, but I peel away the propaganda instead. And that's how I got on the uni uh, Union of the Unwanted, Sam Tripoli and that gang. And that's how I know you. Well, that's, that's how we know each that's other crowd, some, yeah. some way, shape or form, right? I actually, uh, um, there's a couple of things I want to hit from all okay. that you said there. Um, but I, I, I actually was with, with Sam last weekend. He, he came down to New Jersey to, to do stand-up and I went to check him and uh, he was incredibly gracious. Uh, such a nice guy. He really, really took is. care of me. Shouts very, to Sam. What's yeah, good. Very authentic. Love that guy. What really a, what a good him. dude, man. Anyway. Um, uh, I was on union of the unwanted one time, I think, you know, and, um, and I met some good people there, you know, which was cool. Right. Um, but very interesting. You talked about 9-11. Right. And uh, that's my thing. Right. That's how I got involved in all of this was 9-11. And for a long time, I didn't believe, you know, that, uh, you know, 9-11 was an inside job or anything like that. I just bought into the official story up until somebody, you know, jogged my memory and said, hey, stupid, pay attention. <laughs> and uh, I did, you know, and I, and I went looking for for ways to discredit him and chop him down and say, Hey, you're wrong. And, uh, I, I couldn't, I didn't find that. I found something completely different. Um, what was your, uh, awakening like to nine 11? I'm very interested in hearing that story. Yeah, it was my, my red pill moment. And, and it has come up recently. I don't know why it got, uh, people on people's radar, but during that process, when I was on the air, I was filling in for somebody during the week and it was the day of, or the day after the Boston Marathon bombing. So I did what I do, which is homework. And that was the case actually, where I tried to find the retractions. Cause I was like, I'm reading two papers that have different information about this person. And I, it has to be 
retract it. And then I started to, I found a document that, or I think who had it, it was the, I forget the name of the guy who did it, but it was a famous guy, Hopsicker. He had a document of Daniel Hobson. Ta- yeah, Tamerlan right. Sarnayev right, right, attending right. the Jamestown Foundation. And after that, like then all the pieces started to come together. And I and as soon as I saw the Boston Marathon bombing for what it was, and I wasn't thinking hoax, I was just thinking inside job, false right. flag, a lot of other things that were going on there. The hoax aspect of it doesn't really matter, except for that then they get to say they didn't kill anybody. Right. But as, right? But as soon as <laughs> right. I saw that, the, the 9-11 thing that had held me back was not that they didn't or couldn't, it's that they wouldn't. And then I was like, oh, they would? They would, They did, yeah. and they do. So, <laughs> so my theory that government is set up to be against you, that you have a conflict of interest, they sell security, and you need to be insecure to buy it. I knew eventually it would have to, government would have to break down to where they only, they gave you insecurity so that you would buy their, what they were selling. And what I hadn't realized was that it already happened. And then after Boston Marathon bombing, just the floodgates opened. As my, my producer at that time said, like, can you please stick the scales back onto my eyes? Because I need to work here, you know? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she didn't, like, didn't even want me to talk about that stuff on the air. Right. And uh, I, I, you know, I held my tongue on stuff that would just completely alienate. So there's one or two subjects that, like abortion. Right. It was a totally anti-abortion crowd. And I have a son who has Down syndrome. I'm Catholic. I, that's my position, but I'm also a libertarian. And I just, you know, what good would it do really to alienate half the people or even 9-11 for a long time? I never even said anything. It was like half the people think that you're crazy and bad. If you, They would discredit everything I said about yeah. the unconstitutionality of the Fourth Amendment, the stuff that violated the Fourth Amendment. So I, you know, there were a few things that I just didn't want to alienate everybody. And I said on my last show, I'll just, I'll let it all hang out. Well, I didn't realize that letting it all hang out did actually lead to my last show. I think they didn't give me any reason why I had right. to go. You're probably right. I think yeah, uh, it was yeah. it was just last week. So we re it was one year last week. So we 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 reposted those last shows. It's about okay. one hour. It's in my propaganda report feed. I mean, listen to it yourself. You'll laugh because you'll just be like, you can't say that on the radio. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, your producer was like, you know, the you know, uh, what was it? Take the scales off my eyes or something. <laughs> yeah. um, she wanted them back on. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> you put them back on, right? Like, and yeah. once you once you become exposed to some of this information, there's no turning back. You know, there really isn't like you can never see things the the same way anymore. And sometimes, you know, I stop to think, damn, maybe if I didn't see this, you know, maybe I'd still be doing whatever. It's and, you know, I think they've they've figured that out. It's like, where do you stop peeling the onion? Because like then I could peel it again and say, was that a black mass? Was it a satanic ritual or was it about? an oil war. Is it really about money and greed? And they make me think it's about occultism because they don't want me to just see how simple it is. Or, you know, where do you stop peeling that onion? That's like the question that I think now I don't know. You're like, you can't put the scales back on. So then I keep digging and keep digging. Like, why would they do that? Why did they do it in your opinion? Why did they do 9-11? Why did 
<laughs> like, I, can I just, can I say, why did Dick Cheney do 9-11? <laughs> can I say that? Or <laughs> I don't, I don't know for sure. <laughs> he didn't confess, but there are witnesses. Yeah. You know, um, are you asking me why? Are you, I'm asking it... you in your opinion. Like, right, okay. was, why did he do no, it? I didn't know, you know, if, if you were actually directly asking No, it wasn't me rhetorically. Be, no, I like, to, yeah. I'm serious. Where do you stop peeling that onion? Why no, did I, he do it? Is he the devil? Or you know, is he greedy? I, I don't know. And, and that's, that's where I, that's where I am right now about so much of this is I, I just don't know. I know I'm being lied to about 9-11 and I've told the story many times before, but I, I'll tell you very quickly, you know, when, when I finally got put onto this and, and I was like, Whoa, something's up. I, I, I still go down to ground zero every September 11th to do activism. And the first year I was there, I printed up a ton of articles, mainstream articles to give them out to people I'm like, look, look, um, BBC, uh, hijackers alive and well, or drills on Tuesday morning, the Associated Press, you know, all this stuff. And people didn't want to hear it. They're like, this is nonsense, whatever. I'm like, no, but look, it's it's the BBC. It's it's NBC News. It's what you listen to here. Look, look, they didn't care. Right. You know, they, they were like, no, it's it's whatever. Who gives a damn? Right. But um, then I started just coming to the realization that while I, I thought I knew what was going on, I really didn't. I just knew the only thing that I can prove is that I'm being lied to. That's the only thing, right? Everything else is circumstantial evidence and, and all this other stuff. We can talk about it. We can speculate all day. But all I can say is that we're being lied to for sure. That's just me, right? So why did they do this? You're not <laughs> I mean, even we, sure who did it. Right. I know. Right. I mean, I'm not. I know it wasn't That's Osama right. bin Laden. You know, no. Well, yeah. and if it was, it's because he worked for the CIA. Right. He's the Tim Osmond, right? His code name. Everybody are, you know, <laughs> in, in, in conspiracy uh, circles, people that have been around for a bit, they know that already. Al Qaeda, the, the database, the base, that's what it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, you know, um, there was never, ever really a group called Al Qaeda. It just wasn't a thing. It was a CIA database. <laughs> I saw an Aaron Russo documentary about that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and freedom I remember, to fascism. Yeah. Was that in that? Was the Al Qaeda so. thing in that one? Yeah. I because yeah. I, I saw a few of his. I had like the whole collection after a while. But so, in the beginning, I remember watching that and was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's not a thing. Like <laughs> I just couldn't get my mind around that at all. Right. And now I'm thinking, ah, eh, he was probably a limited hangout. I'm sure it's much worse than when he put in that documentary, you know? <laughs> but I guess you can't know the real answers, but I'll tell you, all I told, used to tell people on my show yeah. who would call their real mainstream Republicans, don't believe anything I say about any of these events. When right. I tell you all these things, doesn't matter at all. All you need to watch out for is that you never fall for it when someone wants you to connect that event with some infringement on mm -hmm. our rights. Right. So if you're going to do away with the Fourth Amendment because 9-11, then you have no principles and you have to be shown the facts in every single case that no, we don't need to get away with do away with the Fourth Amendment just because 9-11, if they had followed their own rules, yada, yada, stayed out of other people's business. Like you can explain it to people on their own terms uh, without having to talk about the fact that these are psyops. But once people are past that, then it's much easier. You can look a little deeper and say, okay, this is a psyop and this is what they want us to do. Why do they really want to do this? Right. So like, Whatever happened on January 6th, I don't know. Mm. But 
I think I know. Let's but, get uh, there. Let's get there. I want to talk about that. Go ahead. All right. But I just, I think <laughs> that, well, what, I mean, I just think absolutely nothing of any kind of criminal activity or, you know, I, I never heard of um, militiamen showing up for an insurrection without their guns. Right. Like that just isn't a story that holds together. So I would suggest that not one single person who was there was there wasn't a an agent provocateur if they were doing that anything bad like I just I feel like it was a peaceful protest and all of that stuff was made up okay so if they made it all up and now they want to do some stuff like uh they feel like they didn't get enough cooperation from other branches of government they couldn't make decisions fast enough they couldn't get ahead of people who were posting things on Facebook so they want to go in and make all these changes because January 6th, but January 6th isn't what they told us. So why do they really want to make those changes? And of course, it's just this police state descending on us. They want to take away the rights. Like you're, you're just not allowed to arrest people for Facebook posts, but you might be if they get their narrative accepted. Mm -hmm. And all I'm telling people is don't accept their narrative, don't accept my narrative, but don't accept getting arrested for what you put on Facebook either. Right. But right. it's hard because what they pick you off one at a time because they're watching what you say to each other on Facebook. Right. Um, I want to get to all of that. But um, first, I want to ask you, where are you? I'm in, in LA, in, in my house. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we know where she is. She's in LA, ladies and gentlemen, the West Coast. What's going on? I got a ton of listeners out in California. It's I was born in because, Brooklyn, though. You know, so. a, new, a New York girl. I, I, I can tell. Yeah. I see the, the essence of a New Yorker. But to all my people in California, the most uh, I get the most downloads from everybody out in Cali. So uh, what's up, everybody out there? But, you know, you talked about this onion that we keep peeling back and peeling back and peeling back, right? So this conspiratorial onion where are you in the peel? How many layers back? Like, what do you think? What does Monica think uh, is going on right now? The big <laughs> picture. How, how far are you down that onion? I'm short. I'm just, I'm short of aliens. I'm not at aliens yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of flirting with the Luciferian level. Like right. they might be Luciferians. Right. Like I, I had a show the other day. We, every day we have different titles for our shows because every right. day one of them was uh, possible baby blood sucking Luciferian was in the news today, Prince Philip. <laughs> so, you know, might might be on the baby's blood. So that might, it might be, that's where I am. I'm on, I'm on the infinite fringe between greed and uh occultism like i just i'm in there between those two places i cannot see i can't be sure if they're giving us this thread of occultism because they want us to not realize how simple and just greed oriented it all is or if people who say it's all about greed are trying to distract us from the fact that they're they're going for I mean, I guess there, there seems to be plenty of evidence of the, the goal of transhumanism, which would be part of that Luciferian thing. But I just, I just, that's where it starts to break down for me. But I have no doubt that there is an international elite that uses money to, to absorb all of our surplus, all the surplus of our labor. Mm -hmm. And then to use the money that they take away from us and put it into mechanisms of control. 
So that's why I try to not call myself an anarcho-capitalism and a capitalist anymore like I used to because they've so hijacked capital, like money, that it doesn't even represent what I, what I wanted it to represent, which was something that I converted from my own labor into a piece of gold. Capital is the weapon now, it seems like to me. Right. Okay. So I'm, I'm all about freedom and free markets and individual liberty mm. to the point where I don't think uh, like the aggressive monopoly on government is possible. It has, that is just always violence is inherent in the system, mm -hmm. but I'm, you know, I want to live on four acres of land with a rain barrel and some chickens and just, just want to be I left alone. Like that. I, I would right. like to, I, I think that I have to assert my freedom in order to claim it. And just mouthing off that somebody's violating my rights isn't the same as being like, this is my land. These are my chickens. Here is my gun. I have my freedom. And right. if you want to take it away from me, you have to commit an act of violence. Then you're going to have to answer to St. Peter for that. Right. Okay. Well, there you have it. All right. That, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, I, I mess with aliens. You know, I'm, 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 I'm open to it. <laughs> I want to know, you know, I want to believe. Let's yeah, put it I know. I right? know who doesn't. Right. It's, it would get my mind <laughs> off of the thing, the chemtrails, you know, the chemtrails or, or, the chemtrails. or the mass mind control, right. That, you know, we, we, we talked a little bit about, you know, you're very political, right. You, you're, you're a Ron Paul supporter uh, hard. I interviewed Ron Paul once. Oh, I yeah. did too. And he could be a limited hangout, but if that's what they got to give me, yeah, then I'll take it. Hey, man, you know, um, <laughs> shouts to my boy, John Brissom, right? He uh, he put me on to the Council for National Policy. Don't know if oh, you're familiar. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. And, um, oh, and interesting. It, yes, yes. Yeah. He, he asked me, he told me, he's like, ask Ron Paul about the council. Oh, my gosh. See what he did. says. That yeah, I did. <laughs> you did? You did? Yeah, what I did. did he say? Well, he danced around it. You know, and it was kind of disappointing. Yeah. He acted like he really didn't know what it was. And then he said that he did know what it was. It was it was weird. You know, I was the only um, person I've ever voted for is Ron Paul. Yeah. Or ever. I only voted one time in my entire life. Well, you know, yes, only one time. That's it. And I voted for Ron Paul. Um, because, you know, for obvious reasons, he he seems like the most genuine and actually like sticks by his policies what you see is what you get right but maybe not <laughs> i don't yeah. know but if you have to compromise like i i i think of the idea that maybe our role in civilization as the kind of victim of the state is to just kick that can of tyranny forever just keep trying to kick it and if we're we're if we're kicking it so hard that they have to give us ron paul then I'll take it. I'll, I will just be hyper vigilant to kick the can. I don't, I am willing to compromise with the, with government because I have to live with it anyway. Mm -hmm. So that compromise of the bill of rights and the constitution, I'd rather have the articles of confederation, but I will take that, but they don't even stick to that. He yeah. would have, he would have had to restore, he would have the great reset would have been back to the constitution with that guy. Yeah. So I don't care if he's a limited hangout. I'll get I'll get more out of that. I mean, I I'm, I have no reason to think that he was. People say because he would not out 9-11, but then he would have been Cynthia McKinney like that. That's just too too singular a thing to like hold against him. But I would say I'm really not. So for me. 
to say I'm political sounds like I might have a party, but I don't like I don't, don't believe in okay. the Libertarian Party. Really? Really? Seriously? Uh, the Your dog's name Samson. Samson's making a cameo on the fringe, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Really bad dog. No, he's, he's a good, good dog. He yeah. won't leave my side though. So, <laughs> so I'm not for the Libertarian Party. I'm not for the Republican Party. From no party. I don't believe that that a monopoly on the use of violence is necessary or could ever work in our favor. I think that society is self-ordering and that who would build the roads? Well, the guy who built the shopping mall would get together with the guy who built the apartment complex and they would build the road. And it's like the Knights Templar, which is you know the origin of the secret society. <laughs> what did they provide? They provided letters of credit and security for the people leaving the cities and going on their crusades. So you could just privately get that. And I'm, I'm not advocating a, any particular system, but, and then you could go back like Ted Kaczynski way and say, you know what, just, we are meant to take care of ourselves and live off the land and anything else you lose control, you lose power and you're inherently unhappy. So, I mean, you could go there. So where am I in that onion? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. So anyway. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's complicated, but the fact that you don't know means that there's growth, right? Because that's when you start realizing that you don't know anything at all. And you see, you just got to keep, it's true, right? I mean, I, I, you know, man, I should only speak for myself here. I no, don't know. No, you're absolutely else. right. I don't, I really don't. I mean, you could go down to the level of, is this, does this table exist? But I just, I can't go there because I have to live this life unless I'm actually going to answer a question that, that helps me understand how to transcend time and space, mm -hmm. which maybe, you know, maybe it's possible. But for now, I'm living, I'm living the simulation or whatever it is that I think I'm living. I'm going right. to live that as best as I can, because I'm pretty sure I went back what I did, like on the question of God and stuff. I went back and looked at like Aristotle, Socrates. Do they, do they have a definitive answer to that question? And have they gotten, have we gotten closer to a definitive answer to that question. And we haven't. So I'm like, no. okay, I'm not going to spend 2000 years trying to figure it out. If, if there really is no answer, unless there is what they call occult information. I mean, it is possible that they, the, the big, they do have the answers, but I, again, I, I think I'm just going to try to teach, you know, raise my kids well and be a, you know, a productive person, not too selfish. That's, I feel like that's the priority. Well, yeah, we have to live, uh, you know, with the cards that, that we've been dealt and, and uh, not that that's a bad thing, right? We, we just want to live a happy life in the conditions that we have right now and, and try to figure it out. Right. I mean, I'd love to learn how to walk on water, but you know, those secrets aren't readily available to me right now. I think there's a moral <laughs> imperative that you that you're supposed to do like i'm sure that what why you're here is that you want to share your truth because truth will you know set you free right truth is a better way people right. should have it it's important without it we're never without truth you couldn't build a building like truth is i always think that like plum and level are evidence of objective truth and that we're capable of it because it's you know it's good right so i feel like you have to do good you, know, you have to you have to try to create or be positive. You know, I feel like that's self-evident to you that that's what goodness is and that we should do that. So not just like, oh, try to live a happy life, but I feel like there's some kind of imperative, but where am I getting all this? Probably just how I was raised. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe or, I'm a fool. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's the way we've been programmed to be, right? And uh, 
that's fine. Um, it is what it is, right? But we also have our own experiences that 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 lead us in different directions. And probably while we're here talking to each other at this point right now, I do want to talk to you about January 6th, though. Yeah. I want to know, I want to know what you're thinking. I want to know what you thought that was, you know, because right, we have we have the aliens, right? We have the the false flags, which some of them we can actually prove that something's up there that we've been we're being lied to, right? Yep. Some of them are complete nonsense, right? Um, and, and we have to try to weave through that. Now we have, you know, uh, January 6th and, and all types of theories flying around in the alternative media about what happened on that day, why it happened, all types of stuff. Give me what you think went on. Okay. I think it was uh, kind of simple. So every week I talk to my friend Garland, who's an election integrity activist in Georgia. And we had been waiting. He was fighting lawsuits to try to audit or like to look at ballots, audit ballots. And we were we were kind of racing against the clock. I mean, I wasn't doing anything but giving him a platform, but but deadlines were coming and going. December 14th was when the, the electoral votes were certified. And then January 6th was gonna be the time that was counted in Congress. And then the inauguration was January 20th. So he had lawsuits in place. And what we were waiting for on January 6th was to see like the four or five states that were in dispute, how they would resolve that. If there was a way to go back to the states, there's some people who were going to fight the good fight. So when you were listening to the radio, so I was actively listening to the radio on January 6th, listening to Arizona go through their issues with the cert certification. And Kelly Leffler, who was the senator, from Georgia was going to do the same thing for Georgia. She was gonna defend Georgia. So we expected that that to take like three days. And it we were on the edge of our seats to see Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, how it was gonna unfold in Congress. And we a lot of people were going down there to express their support for those lawmakers in the building who had to stand up and fight that good fight. And the unless they were complete morons, the people who were there to do that would not have disrupted that process. So even when I read the calls to action that are being pointed out as like, see, they, they were planning an insurrection. It literally says stuff like, go support your senator in disputing the certification from your state, like in those few states. Like they, they were clearly aware of that problem. Then uh, we knew people there, a lot of people know people there who said the gates were open. I, I mean, there was, I have the, all these ladies from the right to life sending me pictures from being on top of the steps at the Capitol with their crucifixes and stuff with the doors open behind them. And they said people were just going in and out and it was not that big a deal. And then everybody, she said, we always have a rule. We go all the time, but we always have a rule. Be back in the bus by sundown. And she said, even one guy who was arrested and another guy who was shot with a rubber bullet we're back on the bus by sundown. Like there was nothing going on there. And, but she did say something weird happened that a guy came running out. So she has all these pictures with their timestamps on it. And you see the Capitol steps totally empty. And then uh, at two o'clock and then a while later, there are people on the steps. She shows us a picture of herself on the steps. She said, a guy comes out around 2.30 with a video of that Ashley Babbitt saying, look, she just got shot. She's getting carried away. And she said, I don't believe you. We've, only, we've been here this whole time that that couldn't have happened. And he said, no, I'm a Marine. Trust me. And she said, I, I don't trust you. I don't even believe you. This seems fake, whatever, go away. 
And he obviously, I think, was trying to rile people up. And I noticed immediately that there, every single solitary person was in the news was somebody in the military or a government agent or whatever. I didn't know where that was heading, but I realize now it's heading to say, we've been, you know, the government has been infiltrated by these people who would do a coup. And now we have to weed out the, the military from anyone who's an oath keeper. It's like the oath is to the constitution, you know? So I feel like it was a setup with the purpose of cracking down or weeding out anybody in the service who, or, or giving an excuse to go through and purge the service of anyone who would stand up for the constitution, maybe take away the guns of veterans or whatever, who know how to use them and would be on the side of a legitimate revolution. And, uh, and that they all got on the bus by sundown. And if Mitch McConnell can hobble back up there and finish the process. It totally ended the process. The only hope for a procedural resolution to the electoral crisis was abolished by those few people who went in and took selfies. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, I, I, I think it was a legit event. I think they were let into the to, to the capital for sure. So there, there is an element of manipulation there. But I think it, it, there was a years and years that led up to that event that led up to January 6th. It was uh, <clears throat> people who legit thought there was going to be some type of revolution. You know, um, and there were a lot of people that were thinking that um, in Washington, D.C. on that day. Um, and it started with Trump talk. It started before that, but the, the, the later symptoms, like for, for the late months leading into January was Trump saying that the election was stolen from him. Now, I, I don't believe that. I believe that elections have been rigged. You know, I, I believe in all of this stuff. Um, but I don't believe that the election was stolen from Donald Trump. And the reason I don't believe it is because this is Donald Trump's MO since I've known him. He says, if he loses, it was rigged or, or somebody stole it from him. It's just what he says. And there's, it's, he said it when he lost to Ted Cruz in the primaries. He said it was stolen. It was rigged. It was those machines. Ted Cruz didn't stand a chance. He said it when Mitt Romney lost to Obama. He said it was stolen. No way in hell Obama's going to beat Mitt Romney. Now, anybody that knows anything about anything knows that Mitt Romney never stood a chance against Barack Obama. This is a charisma test, being the president of the United States. And uh, Mitt Romney does not have any charisma to woo anyone. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> you know. Anti -charisma. And, and, he sucks you know, the charisma out of yeah. the people around him. <laughs> <laughs> He's a charisma vampire. You know, um, and... <laughs> And um, and uh, and he was ready to say it with Hillary Clinton. He actually did say it about the popular vote, even while he won the um, electoral college and won the presidency. He lost the popular vote vote for by, by a few million votes. I think I don't remember exactly how many, but he says it was rigged. You know, that was it. And then he started laying out a narrative. While he was president, saying that the only thing. Um, the only way I'm going to lose this election is, is if it was rigged. So here's my deal. I've seen him do this before, right? 
And then he assembles this law, law uh, uh, group, the, the, this team of elite lawyers that are supposed to, you know, change everything, right? So they have this pile of evidence, like a ridiculous amount of evidence, according to them, right? So what happened here? You know, you go to, to court and court and court and get laughed out of court. So either it's the most incompetent legal team in the history of, 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 of lawyers because, you know, they have this mountain of evidence and they can't seem to make it work or you never had any evidence in the first place. You know, um, and, and I think that's something we really need to look at here. And I know a lot of people in the community want to believe that, that Donald Trump, um, you know, that this was stolen from Donald Trump. Listen, I'm not a fan of Joe Biden by any stretch. But what we need to realize about Donald Trump is that he's a very polarizing figure, right? Very divisive, incredibly divisive. If we think about the powers that be in the elite and what the goals are for something, what's the goal of a Trump presidency? What, did they, what were they able to pull off? Incredible division and reincorporation into the left-right paradigm. People were either Democrats or Republicans, and they're pointing at each other. You guys drink blood. You guys are white nationalists. That's what was going back and forth and back yes, and forth. Yes, he brought identity politics to the right. Right, right. Which wasn't there before. I agree with you. We should. I would love to explore a little more of what he his presidency accomplished. But I want to address the election thing for a second. Mm -hmm. two, two, th two things. Go right ahead. One is, would you consider the possibility that from the very beginning, Trump was used knowingly or unknowingly for a couple of specific policy goals, including to get people to demand election reform, because that was already on the agenda. Can you can you repeat that one more time? Yeah. So right. could it have been that he was put in place from the beginning mm -hmm. to undermine people's faith in elections from left to right so that they would come in and make it all the popular voter come in and have the federal government control federal elections. I think there's a possibility of that. So, That's very possible. And what yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't even thinking about him going back and having said those things before. And I, mm -hmm. I do like to connect the dots with that kind of stuff. Also, I agree with you. Those lawyers do appear to have been incompetent. And some of the stuff they did was just not believably incompetent, like not getting the right timing down for filing and making flaws. In yeah, the they were mailing it in. They were they, stuff. They yeah, that going doesn't in. make right. sense. That makes you feel like the whole thing that from that they weren't really trying to fight. But we but my friend Garland is really trying to fight. And and they I, I mean, he was on Lou Dobbs and Lou Dobbs got taken off the air like shortly thereafter. So I'm not saying there's any connection with that, but I'm saying that <laughs> people who will yeah speak out like Lou Dobbs and talk to my friend Garland mm -hmm. are just not welcome anymore in the mainstream media. But what Garland is doing is trying to, he has a lawsuit going in Georgia to try to physically review mailed in ballots that he has four audits from auditors who are working the audit, who swear to the court that those ballots had three flaws. They were not creased, so they couldn't have been mailed in an envelope like they had to have been. The paper stock looked wrong and the blanks were filled in by toner, not a pen or a pencil. Okay, that's what they say. Garland says, let's see them. And they are still fighting this. It's March. They are still fighting this. We thought it would be resolved before December 14th. And you'll never hear that. You hear, I, I heard Chris Wallace say on Fox, every lawsuit has been dismissed or any meaningful whatever. And it's not true. So there are people in the state still fighting. But I agree with you that the whole stolen election thing 
is a theme with a purpose. So I don't disagree with you any of that, but, and I would also say, say we've got four states that look like they really should have gone to Trump. My guess is there's enough fraud everywhere that like the locals will do the fraud for the down ballot races, they call them. So the locals will do the fraud and they know they're going to put Biden on if they're trying to get a down ballot Democrat in. So it could be that if you really went through all the fraud of all 200 million ballots or whatever, Biden might still have won, you know, and we're only looking at the fraud because you're not going to look at the fraud that favored Trump because Trump did lose. So if people are just looking at this one side of the fraud and fraud is always and everywhere, then yeah, I agree with you. It's not necessarily true that he, that he, that the election was stolen. So, so let me try to put this together, right? So hold on for just a second. So, um, <laughs> they were talking in the background. I know. I don't know if I you got heard the it. same. I didn't hear you, but I have the same thing. You can just see me. I'm like all happy and engaged. I'm like, I can't find you. <laughs> exactly what happened. Anyway, happens like, all the time. Once I did it with the mic on, oh boy, was I embarrassed. No, 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 no. It's, and you people keep it down. I'm trying to have a live stream here. <laughs> oh, man, I haven't done that on here yet, but I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> oh, dude, it's definitely going to happen. <laughs> So, so, um, you know, um, I mentioned to you off air Cambridge Analytica, right? And, and this is where I am. This was my, my next red pill, right? Um, Cambridge Analytica was created by the Mercers, like you said, but Steve Bannon was the one that got them involved. He brought them over. He was like, listen, I want to do this thing. He had already done the preliminary work, the presentation, the whole deal. He brought over representatives from the SEL group, which is the parent company of Cambridge Analytica, to come over to have dinner with the Mercers. And they all sat and talked. And by the end of the night, the Mercers were like, here's $20 million. Go take care of this. The Mercers wanted Ted Cruz to be the guy. Freaking um, uh, Steve Bannon wanted Donald Trump. And that's what happened. Right. And then there was there was a set of uh, of uh, data points because they have five five thousand data points on every American through Facebook, through social media. We gave them this information and they used it, you know, and and Cambridge Analytica, you know, went over to Facebook and harvested a ton of this information. And they knew what was making people tick. And they came up with phrases like lock her up, drain the swamp, build a wall. You know, all of these things. And it, this was already in place before Donald Trump became um, the nominee, before Donald yeah. Trump uh, uh, hired the services right. or, or used the services of Cambridge Analytica. They gave him this script. And this isn't um, conspiracy theory at this no, point. No, I remember. Right. Because I remember <clears throat> discovering Cambridge Analytica. I was on, you know, on the air, I had a show every week and I always wanted to bring something really cool and interesting. And I was like, look at this, what Ted Cruz does with this company that's helping mm-hmm. him. <clears throat> he can send you a, te- a text inside the hotel where he's having a conference that's only for you. And so if it's like a religious group, yeah. it could be tailored to that, but no one else would ever see it. So if you're signed up for Ted Cruz notifications, you're only getting it if you're at the MGM Grand or wherever it was. Right, right. And then I noticed that they were working for Ted Cruz and then they started working for Trump. I can't remember if it's when Trump became the nominee, what what that dividing line was. I remember thinking, oh, now they're Trump's guys. 
And I'll say something else about it is that I have been thinking the whole time that for the longest time that every single solitary president in the past 20 years, at least, has had legitimacy issues. So it was Bush with, with the hanging chat in 2000. In 2004, it was the Diebold voting machines with Kerry in Ohio. In 2008 and 2012, Obama was like the birther thing. In 2016, it was the Russiagate thing. But if Ted Cruz had made it, Ted Cruz was born in Canada to two parents who were Canadian citizens wow. at a time that dual citizenship was not permitted. So he was not American when he was born and wow. that, and he was not qualified. And, and Hillary had all the illegals, like they say, you know, that's the accusation. You have all the illegals. So those three candidates were all set up for an illegitimate presidency. We Trump's was the weakest. So you might be right. I mean, it might've been Ted Cruz or Hillary because they, they would, the legitimacy issue would have been very strong with them. And I feel like that's how you undermine democracy is to make sure that people can say, not my president instead of, well, the people voted elections have consequences. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's right, the only right. way yeah. to have both things at the same time. So, <clears throat> so I did always try to like puzzle through the Ted Cruz, uh, Donald Trump thing. And I thought, well, they set up a bunch of candidates who are totally vetted. They can completely own them. And they let the people decide at that point, like the selected candidate doesn't, that's like straight out of tragedy and hope. They say like, we just own them all. And that doesn't matter. But I'm open to the idea that Trump was not the one. Tragedy and hope, but Carol Quigley, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's right. like throw the bombs out. Yeah. 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 And then it <laughs> says, well, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it doesn't, we don't care who wins the election because they're both our guy. But I will say Ben is a very fishy character. Absolutely. I, th I think you're absolutely right. And, yeah, and, and, and this is what I've been arguing. Um, unsuccessfully <laughs> i don't have the words you know but it's, that's what i've been arguing i'm like it, they really didn't care they had it in that's the bag whether think. whether biden got and, in or trump got in go ahead and i think that they will they will take as much as they will get so if they had to give you ron paul they'd try to work with that and if it didn't work out they'd blow his head off you know like they right. would just try to work with who they had to work with they'd give you who they had to give you and um they do the best they can so if you get so I say, like, if they had to give us Ron Paul, I'd be happy to have it. But they gave us Trump and it worked. And Trump was, they took the energy of Ron Paul and they emptied out the ideological content, the ideological purity, the, the, to use the Bill of Rights and the Constitution as a touchstone was what I had hoped would, we would insist on, but we didn't. We went for the in-your-face rhetoric without that touchstone to back it up. That's what they gave us in Trump. And I think... You could have had Hillary bring almost as much as Biden's going to bring us, but it would have been hard. It would have, when they started with the lockdowns and stuff, there would have been 4 million long guns in the mall and DC against her that, that Trump could kind of keep that down by playing along. It seems to me whether he did or not, I don't know, but I feel like, okay, so they, so Trump is the one who won. Then they say, all right, so we're not doing the Hillary move the ball forward. We'll do the Trump pull the pendulum as far back as you can, or as I like to say, he's, he's not the arrow flying in that direction. He's the arrow being pulled back in that direction. Yeah. And the next guy is going to let it fly right into Klaus Schwab's uh, target. And that is what's happening. That is exactly what's happening. We agree 100%. That's exactly what's happening. 
You know, and <laughs> I like, said I'm that getting in 2016. a little bit excited here because <laughs> that's exactly what's happening. It's it's uh, he's uh, cleared the way for Joe Biden to come in here, and he's made people, the majority of people, down on the idea of having an outsider. You hate politics, but we need those guys. Sometimes right. you just need bureaucrats because it's a bureaucracy. You know, and, and, and uh, you know, there's an argument about what, whether or not Donald Trump was even an outsider, right? Like, I mean, an elitist, I mean, supposedly he had billions well, of dollars. Right? So, I think, I don't think he had billions of dollars. I don't think, I think so either, but go right. ahead. And yeah. he had, I, I started to piece together that the majority of the money that he inherited and earned was a function of government connections mm. or privilege. So his father got a lot of that money building projects. That's why mm. there's a racial issue because there were government buildings that yeah, he yeah, was yeah. in Congress getting money for. Now, we all know that you can either build a better mousetrap or you can bribe a politician. Very so good. that's not, that to me doesn't make him a brilliant businessman. Then his other big thing, which he couldn't even make it work, were casinos where he yeah. did not have to go through the normal process of vetting his organized crime connection. So a casino is, a, is an industry that's insulated from competition by government privilege. So that's another way that you should be getting free money. He ban went bankrupt four times. If I recall correctly, he was bailed out by both Rothschild and right. Chicago Soros. Right, what was the name? Of the Rothschild agent that bailed him out. He was the Commerce Secretary. Jesus, why he am was I the blanking? Commerce Secretary. Yes. He was um Wilbur Ross. Yes, nice, Wilbur nice, Ross. good one. Who, by the way, mm -hmm. was on CNBC when Santorelli, I think the guy's name was, created, coined the expression Tea Party. Wow. Wilbur Ross was sitting there and I was like, Shit. you know, that might be another one, you know, because <laughs> I, my these... mom was a tea party, but like I'm like, ah. But it, the Tea Party, I actually think the Tea Party was more real than Trump. I, think I thought so. The Trump I, I, thing you know, uh, hijacked the Tea Party. Like Marco Rubio and Chris Christie are not Tea Party or Sarah right. Palin. They got in on the Tea Party thing. They hijacked yeah. it. But then it was all like, who are we going to bomb next? And it's like, no, right. that's right. not the Tea Party. Right. But they took, so they morphed Ron Paul into, they, the Tea Party I thought was real. And it was consistent with the kind of Ron Paul grassroots. Now, whatever you think of Ron Paul, the people... I think 100% valid, totally ideological. And yeah. then they, and then that Tea Party kind of built the bridge to the kind of Trump thing. Yeah, I, 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 I don't disagree with any of that, Monica. Um, it, it's, it's a really screwed up situation that we have in front of us, right? And uh, before we close, I just want to drive home this Cambridge point because it's a little deeper, yes, right? Yes, yes, get to it. <laughs> no, I mean like that. I want to do yeah, yeah. the Bannon, like Bannon's super fishy, by the way, very fishy character. He's the head He's of there all for of this stuff. Contra. He was yeah. he was on the ground and I ran Contra and his job it was like a naval attache, the same as that Bernstein or Woodward, one of those Watergate guys, nobody knows, was actually a deep state um naval guy, mm. just like Bannon, then went into the media, but they yeah. don't tell you about that. So I think they're operatives. No, absolutely, man. Something's up with Ben. He's a very smart guy. He's an occultist too. He he dabbles in a lot of occult stuff. You he's think a very that's true. Yeah, I think it's true. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, whether or not he's, you know, summoning demons or something, that's completely different. But but he was interested in things like a uh, Madame Blavatsky and, and, and uh, you know, uh, a bunch of other like esoteric, like Eastern religions. He, he, he's into a lot of stuff hmm. and he subscribed to a lot of it. And this is what he was trying to do is just shape society, you know, um, change it 
you know, um, and, uh, and he wanted to change it through the mind. He wanted to, he wanted to pretty, pretty much just manipulate everybody mentally. And this is what Cambridge Analytica did. You know, they, they, they first, they, they would, they targeted the alternative media is what they did, or people that listen to the alternative media, they targeted us because we were more susceptible to believe these things than anyone else. Go so ahead, is Bannon Q? I think Bannon is involved in Q. Yeah. And who are the Mercers connected to? They must not stand alone. In the no. octopus of global control, <laughs> what tentacles are they between? I got to call Charlie Robinson. Oh, yeah, <laughs> we'll baby. Bring him, we'll bring him <laughs> in to talk about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he'll know. Yeah, he'll know he, the answer. Exactly. The, the, the octopus of global control. A shout you have Charlie. to call this part one. Really, because, yeah, I mean, it's only an hour show anyway. I mean, you're beating me to the punch on everything tonight, okay? Sorry, sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? I got to drive my daughter to soccer, so I got to, I just can't let you, you've got great pacing, though, I have to say. It's like, oh, well, thank you. I appreciate you, man. Um, listen, yeah, we'll yeah. do it again. We will do it again. Yes. And we'll pick up on the cue when Steve Bannon and all this other stuff. Interesting stuff. Very impressed, Monica. I'm, I'm happy that you came on. I'm happy that, uh, that we had this conversation, and it'll be the first of many, it appears. Uh, so... Tell everybody where they can find you. Come on. Well, I was very complimented that you invited me. I'm very happy to be here. I have a show, The Propaganda Report. It's the Drive Time News Blast is a daily show of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. But um, every week or two, we do a subject matter expert interview that we also put in that feed. And then we have a ton of extra material on patreon.com slash propaganda report. We have live cocktail parties. We have patron only Q and a, we have interactive zoom parties. So fun. And we're on Rockfin where my partner, Brad Binkley pulls all the world economic forum clips that mm. information operations, which used to be called psyops, like in the army, they do videos that get like 20 views. And he just was like, this is what they're doing. And it of course makes me crazy because I, I was raised to love this country. So it breaks my heart when you see them plotting against it. So yeah. he thinks that's hilarious. Makes me crazy. That's rockfin.com slash propaganda report, but uh, that's it. And I just, I'm happy. Uh, I'm, it's been really interesting. Now I've got so many more little threads to pull on. Well, don't, don't pull too hard. You know, I, <laughs> okay. Unravel I, I, the whole thing. We got to girls got to live. I, I feel like ending the show with Weezer at this point, the, the sweater song. Don't, don't, don't pull, don't pull that, that string. I probably won't. I just feel like ending the show that way. Just Love saying, you. my name is Billy Ray Valentine. This was fantastic, man. Everybody. Thank you for tuning in. It's the infinite fringe at, at gmail.com. Email me with any questions, comments, complaints, you know, all that stuff. And uh, you know where you can find us and uh, go check us at Aftermath Media. Go check us on Iconic, the whole deal. All right, take it easy. Be good, be good out there. Don't burn down the place while I'm gone. All right, bye-bye.